can we, we be real, real with, with you? you? What was the last episode? Travel. Oh, travel. Oh, yeah. The thing we can't do right now. Yeah, the thing we wish we could do right now. We're on episode eight. That's amazing. So thank you guys for listening and sharing. Um, speaking of the future, today we have our first guest, Brooke Meacham. Wow, I'm the first so guest. I'm honored. Oh, yes. my gosh. <laughs> we've, been, yeah. we've been waiting to do influencer culture um, since you guys asked for it the first time we asked for suggestions. But we were waiting for the perfect guest, and Brooke luckily said yes. So if you yeah. guys don't know who Brooke is, she is a YouTuber, podcaster, and influencer online. She has her own podcast, Gals on the Go, which she does with her friend Danielle. So we thought that she was the perfect person to come on and talk about influencers with us today. Yay. I will. I do have to say, okay, I don't love the word influencer for like various reasons. I'm trying to go with like the, the switch to... Uh, content, content creator. creator yes I mean but I don't I don't mind though I'm not like one of these people that hates it I just hate to think that I'm influencing people on like life decisions or anything like that. I know I am because I'm like a role model to some it's just like still kind of cringy but I, I what what word will we use in its place you know well I don't yeah I don't know because like for me influencer isn't necessarily like the stereotypical type mm-hmm. of thing like I studied media in college and when I would be asked, like, oh, who who is an influencer that you follow or someone that influences you? I would always say Elham because she consumes oh God, a lot stop. of everything, media, like, like products, like, everything. So, like, she influenced, like, I think a lot of my friends yeah. and people that I would go to rather than, like, a stereotypical influencer online that has millions of followers. And I think that, like, the trend, I, don't, I, I think micro-influencer is a really important word. I like that. Because um now that engagement is like all the rage it's really important to like have that totally so i don't know i think that influencer is sort of partnered with that like the word of engagement and it's interesting because influencers don't have to be six million completely yeah a thousand followers and still have as much influence on your decisions or inspire you that the original yeah that it was meant for but there yeah there is like negative connotation i think too which is but it's like to me personally i think it's positive like thank you but i get it like content creator because it's like but we are not influencers (laughs) yeah so we don't like feel that but also yeah i get the content creator thing because it's like i don't just like post pictures on instagram like you have a podcast you make youtube videos like that's like content that people are consuming rather than just like the i'm wearing these clothes you should go buy them even though i think that that's still a positive thing because i'm following people on instagram (laughs) all the time you know what i mean i feel like influencer originated from like literally they used to do this that there was like research studies back in the day i learned about this in school where parents would or like adults i guess would host like dinner parties and be paid to like talk about a certain product or show something off to their friends then they would measure oh like pampered chef yeah well i mean i guess there, there's like more of like those dinner parties you know like jewelry parties or whatever like your mom has yeah. gone to and stuff like that but even before that there was like media studies that were done where it's just like let's see how friends could influence friends and it's effective you know if your friend recommends like a certain type of coffee drink you might go try it like i mean i know i do yeah. my friends recommend something so highly so i think an influencer is just someone you trust it doesn't necessarily need to be someone with followers. So I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so before we get more into the conversation, we're going to do our usual and share what we're loving this week. I have to go first because <laughs> I binge watched the entire series Down to Earth with Zac Efron on Netflix. Ooh. 
and I am even more in love with him than I ever was before. He is the goofiest, like, most, <laughs> I like, I hate to use it, but down-to-earth person. <laughs> it's him and this wellness expert that's, like, 20 years older than him going to a bunch of different locations, both kind of remote and, like, he went to London um, in France, but they go and sort of look at sustainability in different places and how people who have a choice can choose something different to be more sustainable. And he just, like, it looks like they paid two guys to go and have a good time. It's <laughs> insane. And him and the wellness expert are so well-matched. But, like, they just have a lot of, like, you can tell he's a movie movie nerd. He talks a lot about, like, Hollywood and his experiences, like, growing up in Hollywood. It's kind of all over the place, but in a good way. Um, so, yeah, I would definitely recommend that. I just love him. Yeah. Um, what about you? Um my thing I'm loving this week is actually a book, which is not really in my character. I'm trying <laughs> I was to say you read. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to be more of a reader, but I'm not really. Um, but it's this book about Laurel Canyon, and it's called The Inside Story of Rock and Roll's Legendary Neighborhood. And if you want to know one thing about me is that I'm obsessed with L.A. and Laurel Canyon. So this book is just, like, talks about, like, Joni Mitchell and just, like, other artists, like, Crosby, Steals, and Nash, all these people in, like, the 70s in Laurel Canyon and how they were just, like, a bunch of people that lived in the same neighborhood and just, like, made all these all this music together. And it's honestly kind of crazy to think about all these, like, legendary people in rock and roll. Like, all were just neighbors and we're like, let's all go to each other's houses and make this music. And it's so influential and stuff. But I highly recommend it. I'm only 30 pages in, but it's a good read. And it's, if you're obsessed with LA or if you're obsessed with, like, rock and roll, which I wouldn't say I am, but I'm trying to be, have more music knowledge, then I would highly recommend that book. You read Daisy Jones and the Six once. I know, literally. And I'm like, I'm a 70s, like, groupie. Let's go. <laughs> nice. Brooke, what about you? What have you been loving this okay, week? Okay. Um, so my new apartment, which I'm very lucky to live in. I was going to say Thank congrats. you. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Weird, strange times to move. I know everyone's like, really? Like, why'd you move, like, right now? I'm like, uh. <laughs> I have, like. You're like, I have to get out of my Yeah. Camp. I'm <laughs> like, uh, Well. Trust me. As a post-grad in this era. We both okay good <laughs> and I could have definitely stayed for longer it's just like kind of like op like perfect place came up and I yeah. was like all right like let's do it mm -hmm. um and honestly it's been really nice like I've spent a lot of time alone but I enjoy my time alone so that's not what it is but I live now in walking distance to this amazing coffee shop which I know it's a chain um it's called blue bottle have you guys ever heard of it um yeah so it's in like major cities. It's stupid expensive, but they do all these like initiatives where they like give back and, you know, they pay their workers fair wages. So I, I justify it in my mind. I'm like, OK, I like this. Um, but this one specific drink, it's called the New Orleans and it's basically cold brew with like I don't know what kind of sweetener and I get it with almond milk, but it's like a sweet iced coffee cold brew. But the caffeine content is absurd. Like I vibrate and I don't know. Like I, my caffeine yeah. like, tolerance is high. Like I drink a coffee and usually an energy drink every day. Uh, but this stuff really just gives me the boost. It's I don't get it every day, but it's like a nice treat to like take a walk and go there. Um, I mean, I don't know. I've just been hooked on cold brew in general. So this really just propels me. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not a coffee drinker, but I'm you're a not cereal tea. No, I'm I'm a tea drinker. Um, I'm British, oh. which I hate to mention like that, but uh -huh. everyone knows I'm British because I'm obnoxious about it. <laughs> um, and so we're huge tea drinkers. Do you like put milk in it, like and act as if it's coffee? Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, so it's I just do like black tea and then milk and yum. Sugar. 
but I have like six or seven a day. It's oh, wow. Pretty insane. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So like, the caffeine, like I, I get a high off of it. Like I, my family normally does stuff where we're like, okay, like we're going to go and not have tea after like 9 p.m. because we'll all just be up until three o'clock in the yeah. morning. Yeah. <laughs> if you drink that much tea, it's just as much caffeine as coffee. Definitely. So. I get yeah. it. <laughs> um, do you want to explain the next? Yeah, so I can explain on the torch today. The next, okay. So we do this thing called the boyfriend of the week, which is basically like I just find random people to be obsessed with for like weeks at a time. It's Feel just my it. thing. Like such as I such as Mark Ronson. Yeah, Mar- a list Hill, of people. Like Mark, Ron- people. yeah, so Mark funny. Ronson, Jonah Hill, Harry Styles is the number one up there. Like Drake, Timothy Chalamet, you know, just random people. So it's just like funny to me. So we came up with this concept called the boyfriend of the week where like I will watch something or like just listen to an album or like somebody will do the literally the bare minimum like bars on the floor and I'll be like, wow, there's my boyfriend of the week. So basically, we want you to pick your boyfriend of the week. It could be anything like you would have watched the show. It could be a song that you're listening to, like whoever made the song. It could be anything youtuber influ- another influencer okay. you know you're gonna like roast me for mine because you guys just named like a bunch of people who are like actual like notable celebrities and like good <laughs> like i don't know like qual qualified candidates okay so mine are you guys on tiktok yeah kind of yeah is. okay so there's this guy who he literally popped out of nowhere i don't know what it is but he just started getting into that whole crowd with um I don't really like I do follow it, but not so adamantly like the hype house and all of that stuff. And he's yeah. in like the mm-hmm. sway house technically, but his name is <laughs> Noah Beck. I don't know if you know who he is. I haven't heard of him, but I've I, heard of sway house. Yeah, I know. What the, OK, let me Google. I'm Noah pretty Beck. positive. He's like 20. So it's not that creepy because like, okay. yeah, I was going to ask. No, he's not. A lot, yeah, a lot. it's hard on TikTok. I'm sorry, but a lot of them I'm like scrolling and, and then you go on their bio. It's like 16. I'm no, like, no, no. I think like, okay. I'm, I'm pretty positive, but he's he's so cute. He just seems like a stand up guy. Like, I mean, honestly, like physically, like, oh, my God. He's yeah, cute. he's so cute. He's not like I, I feel like so many. He's 19. OK. All right. I mean, that's still like it's I, not that bad. It's I mean, I'm 23. So I, a four year age difference. I don't think <laughs> it's, it's safe. Bad. It's fine. We can talk about him. Um. But he really just came out of nowhere. Like, a lot of these TikTok stars, ew, I hate that I said that. A lot of them have been, like, in it for a while, and he really Mm -hmm. just recently got into it. And that's, like, the whole thing. Everyone's just, like, super fascinated with him. I'm obsessed with watching. My favorite things to watch of all of the TikTok stars is the paparazzi videos because you get a real sense of, like, what their personality's like when Mm -hmm. this guy on the street, like, approaches them and, like, if they're nice Mm -hmm. or whatever. And he's always so kind and, like, taking photos with fans and... So many of them just easily like brush everybody off. And they're like, uh, like whatever. And I'm like, you're literally a TikToker. Like yeah. humble yourself. <laughs> and I'm really intrigued to see like, where the next step is from TikTok because there's only so long that 16 year olds can mm-hmm. like do this yeah. and yeah. make money off of it. So I like really can't wait to see like what comes next. Yeah, especially yeah, because for me it's like especially like the boys. Like I don't think any TikTok boys like do anything outside of TikTok. Whereas like charlie and addison like the big like the huge tiktok stars like have youtubes or like mm-hmm. addison is having a podcast with her mom or something she recently just like announced yeah. and it's like they're doing things outside of tiktok whereas the boys on tiktok are not not that i i mean i don't know but it doesn't seem like they're doing i see much. what you're saying yeah apparently there was like 
I didn't have a TikTok until last like December, but there was a big like tour last year that a bunch of TikTok guys like went on. Uh, like, what do they do on tour if they have no talent? Though is my question. <laughs> I know. <laughs> what do you do on stage? Like, do you, it's not like they're, they're like comics either. Like, they have no yeah. talent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's like the MagCon days. Yeah. Like, remember when yep. people would like pay to meet Dallas Cameron? Like, what would you do? Well, Just we were talking it? about it the other day. Sean. Me- like, Sean Mendes. Yeah. On that tour, how? I know. I know I he's Sean no. Mendes. <laughs> and really don't think he talks to any of those people anymore. No, like, I, I wouldn't if I was him. No, he's, he's like Grammy like, nominated, like, actually. Like, yeah, super, super famous. And <laughs> <laughs> like, he's probably, like, embarrassed. But he got to start on Vine. It's really cool how a lot of these celebrities are really mainstream celebrities now from social media. So I think it's cool. Yeah, same. And like David Dobrik is like mm-hmm. so mega famous. Like it's cr- it's very insane to comprehend. It is like how famous these people are that they have more money than like movie celebrities. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you liked hearing Brooke on our episode, we subscribe and follow, so you should too. Brooke Michio on YouTube, and then your at is Brooke Michio on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, yeah, across, Brooke across everything. Brooke Michio on Instagram and Twitter. Um, so make sure thank you, you. oh my gosh thank yeah. you guys for really having appreciate me your coming on, so. so much fun and we'll see you next week on can, can we, we be, be real, real with you, you all right so we asked you guys on instagram if you follow influencers we're gonna use that word for the no you're good you're good i'm not judging <laughs> influencers on instagram and 29 of you said yes and 10 said no and then we asked have you guys ever made a purchase because of an influencer and 27 said yes and 13 said no so i feel like that's a pretty good split mm-hmm. yeah i think that again probably most people were using the instagram influencer term such as like the original like per- rather than purchasing like from a friend who posted about definitely yeah on the regular um but i think like even if you purchase from like a like you don't even know sometimes that things are branded like with like partnered with an influencer that you're buying from because now like a lot of companies partner with sponsors for products that are popular yeah and i also think people don't account obvious like people don't account like celebrities as influencers because i would personally say like no hate to like whatever like bella hadid and kendall jenner but like they're obviously models like they're high-end like fashion models but like if bella hadid posts something wearing a cardigan like and people are like oh my god and it's affordable like people are gonna buy that and i don't think that they think like oh she's an influencer they just think oh bella hadid's a celebrity and i want that you know what i mean whereas it's like you can be both like you're like with us if you're a celebrity like you have influence I, I also think that sorry to cut you off I also think that people don't take into account like they're thinking have I purchased something directly like swipe up on someone's story but if mm-hmm. you're in the store and you see something and you're like oh my gosh like I saw someone post that on their story it must be good so I think there's mm-hmm. a lot of purchasing decisions that are like subconscious that you're not thinking about too yeah yeah exactly um the next question we asked which i think is the most interesting one Mm -hmm. is do you think it's easy to be a successful influencer six people said no but 28 people said yes interesting i know i'm not sure if it's because of our audience and that most of the people like i feel like a lot of the people we know are people that are interested in media or Mm. study media so we know a lot more about like the process of like creating something and uploading it and 
sharing it. Um, But I think that that might be a sign that sort of the idea of influencers are changing. Yeah, definitely. I I think a lot of people think that I I actually agree. I mean, it's easy to start. It's very easy to start. Mm -hmm. It's very easy to get into. It just depends what everybody's definition of success is. Is it easy to get a million followers? I'm going to say no, because I've been doing this for 10 years and I am nowhere near that. Um, yeah, not yeah. that I don't let the numbers really define me because here I am and I am making a living off of it and I don't have a million followers. So I don't think that that's the idea of success, you know? Um, yeah. but I do agree that it is very easy to start and success is a relative term. <laughs> it's almost too easy to start. It's hard to like keep something going. Like for instance, um, I've run a publication for the last six years and I couldn't say it's, like, fully going right now, but, like, yeah. to keep something running for six six years takes a lot, like, a lot of mm-hmm. effort, and I see a lot of people who don't understand that and are like, I'm going to start a blog or I'm going to start a website and then do it for two months and exactly stop because they don't understand, like, all of the upkeep yep. that is required. Um, and also something that I learned working for, in social media, um, I was a social media manager for – 10-ish months um I do that now too but um like when I was hired for my previous position like the person who was in charge of me didn't really understand social media yeah Um, and I think that's a problem with a lot of people who are hiring maybe not so now but like in the earlier days like three years ago hiring for social media don't understand how hard it is to organically grow a following oh yeah it is pretty much impossible unless you put in money to just organically grow a following and like even for you like you're working and it's your full job to grow your following. Yeah, so. especially for a brand. I think it's really hard to yeah. grow a following. Unless you put money Totally. In yeah. Because who wants to just follow a brand unless there's a lot of brand loyalty? Like, I don't know. I wouldn't even want to follow, like, the clo- like the clothing stores that I totally. shop in that much. Like, why do I need to follow them? I'll follow someone who's going to tell me what to buy from, like, whatever store they like rather than, like, seeing a whole range. Yeah. But it was interesting that you talked about career success because one of our questions for you is actually, like, how you define career success. I mean, I think a lot of success is tied to just, like, happiness and contentment, um, and that obviously is different for every person. And I've just uh, – for me, I've learned it's not about the numbers, and I know it's different for everybody. Um, I think it's also, like, kind of, like, the niche that I'm in is you don't need a million followers to be successful because the whole angle of, like, my content is that I'm relatable and showing the struggles of, you know, post-grad and being 23 and figuring your crap out and all that stuff. Um, so I, for me, it's, you know, having an audience that actually cares about me um, and yeah. just being happy and content with, you know, my day-to-day life and – I'm, that's still obviously a work in progress. Like I only graduated college, you know, a year ago. So I feel like this has only been my identity for like wh- when I was in college or even when I was in high school, I felt like a, a school was always my identity. But now it's like, oh, this is my full time thing. Um, yeah. So I'm kind of like it, I'm still on that path. <laughs> yeah. And it's like yeah. hard, I would assume if like just from watching your videos and stuff like you are very I would say that you're very like honest in your content but then that can also be hard too because it's like if your life is your career like where do you draw the line yeah you know what I, I mean that. and that's kind of it's I don't know like how do you define like defining success in a normal nine to five job is like oh I want this to be my title and I want this to be my salary whereas like as a content creator influencer like 
that stuff is so fluctuating. Totally. Like, it goes up and down so much. So it's hard. Completely. And, like, different, And oversharing yeah. is obviously an issue that I have. But, yeah, I would agree. People ask me, they're like, so when's your, like, workday start? I'm like, I'm kind of always working, in a sense, because my life is yeah. kind of, like my work in a way especially now that my videos are mostly vlog style and everything i don't really have it's not like 9 a.m like sitting in front of the computer but like i could be in bed at night like watching netflix and simultaneously answering emails and replying to comments it never truly like stops which is something that you have to like impose boundaries i think yourself because that's unhealthy mm -hmm. to always be working but at the same time it's kind of nice that i could spread my work out throughout the day yeah. Something that I saw online that like was people saying, I think you mentioned on your podcast or something, something about waking up at 1030 some days. I'm not sure whether that's changed now, but like I don't think people that that just shows that people don't understand that if you are like an influencer content creator, you're working 24 set. Like it doesn't matter when you wake I up. Agree. Yeah, you're working. You're working on the weekends. Like, yeah, people don't understand that. It's not like, OK, like you wake up if you have a meeting, but if you don't have a meeting, like you can start your day whenever because you're going to be on your phone at 9 p.m. showing what you're eating for dinner yeah like what movie you're watching and you know that that's considered work for you yeah so I feel like people don't understand that it's also like I just feel like yeah it maybe goes back into the stereotypes of like an influencer because it's like literally a simple a simple image of like I'm at this like an outfit shot someone can swipe up on your story and be like or reply to your story and be like, where did you get that top? And then now you're going to go make another post with the link. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like that is working. And you might be doing that. It might take five minutes. But like that's working. Whereas if I go to work, I I go in and I leave. And then when I leave, I'm not working anymore. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I think also a lot of people see just the quick post, you know, the outfit post or like a vlog or whatever. And they're like, this is like. Uh, just one video like I don't understand how this is your job it's also all of the years previous to this point of building the following to now so you know when, it, when yeah. a company pays you to produce content for them it's not even a reflection of how much time it's going to take you to post that but it's tying your equity to that brand and being like you know I stand for this brand and like whatever it is so it, I think a lot more yeah. goes into it I definitely agree yeah, yeah. and if I think it's more people need to do like the mind shift of like an entrepreneur and an influencer is like the same thing like you work for yourself so if I'm an entrepreneur and I have my own company like I can literally be like oh I can do whatever I want it's like do you think yep. the CEO clocks in at 9 a.m like no they do whatever they want you know I what agree. I mean like yeah. it's like you you're the CEO of your own brand you're the CEO of your own company so like it's just I don't know people just get too in their feelings like yeah with that, that stuff I think and it's like it's okay if I want to wake if I can wake up at 10 and make good money and live my life I will <laughs> you know <laughs> um so you mentioned before like oversharing do you ever feel like you share too much or like sometimes even not enough on social platforms yeah definitely uh too much I've had it impact um uh, personal relationships for sure I laugh just because it's sad actually um but I'm learning along the way I mean I I I've always stood by like oh I'm super real and raw but then especially like in post-grad I kind of like fell into that more so because I realized I got a lot of feedback from viewers who were like wow like when you talk about you know how it's tough to make friends or how you're lonely like I really felt that and I was like wow I didn't realize that sharing those vulnerable vulnerable parts of my life really like opens up the window to like people relating more I guess or not even relating more yeah. but just starting a conversation which is what I always like strive to do um so definitely and I'm learning you know where to draw the line because I 
I never want to share things too early or put someone on my platform before a friendship or a relationship before it's too early because I realize that that just gets me into trouble in the long run. Um, And it's definitely something to balance. But I mean, if that's the one of the greatest of my struggles, I'll I'll be fine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What's what's something specifically that you did like at the beginning of your social media journey that you don't do now? Like, is there anything that's really changed in the way that you communicate or post well a lot of my content has changed since the beginning um I mean this is unrelated from like oversharing or any of that stuff but just like the content shift I think I used to make videos because I saw what other people were doing and I saw what was popular and I tried to mold my channel to look like someone else's or just kind of do what I thought was expected I guess of social media so I did a lot of beauty and fashion videos or just videos not I'm not gonna say trying to be someone else but trying to emulate someone else's formula for success and then I realized that once I think I hit this point a few years ago of like if I just start making videos that I enjoy making that make me happy that showcase my personality it's just going to be a better fit for everybody and my channel has grown since then I think you spoke on your podcast a few weeks ago correct me if I'm wrong about like following people that look like you yeah on insta on instagram yeah yeah i wanted to talk a little bit about that um like following influencers that look like you that support causes you're passionate about that's more like following people that i guess you already know you you like rather than like wanting to totally i don't know do you do you yeah no i've unfollowed a lot of uh bloggers and people who I felt like I had to follow because everyone was like oh do you follow this blogger this blogger and I was like oh I guess I should if that's like you know what everybody's following and then I realized that them sharing their unsustainable eating habits and like their clothes that were just like crazy expensive like it didn't make me feel good to consume that content you know I was looking at and I was like okay there's a shirt I can't afford and there's you know a plate of food that like would literally be a snack for me that they're calling a meal why am I following these people that I don't look like I don't have really much in common with you know and I understand that there's a level of like um you want to follow people who are like an inspiration to you or like goals or whatever but I'm I'm never going to be these people like I just had nothing in common and I honestly would open my Instagram app and feel more feelings of like stress and comparing myself than happiness and it doesn't even need to be I think it's really important to follow people who are like your body shape and size for confidence reasons but I just really thought about who I follow in general now I follow more like quote accounts and like dogs because they bring me joy like I like opening my Instagram app and feeling happy instead of leaving and feeling in a bad mood yeah we touched upon that uh, two weeks ago in our advice um, episode because people are asking how to be more confident and we're saying that like you really have to be comfortable with yourself Mm -hmm. so that you can like not compare like to not compare yourself with others you really have to be comfortable with yourself and it's like and a process and you think yeah you don't like think about how the people that you follow really do take a toll on your like mental health like even even though that sounds like very dramatic but it's like true like if you've just follow people that are like size zero model like models and you don't look like that you're just gonna be like oh I wish I looked like that exactly I wish I looked like that. exactly you know? and it's I understand like to a certain point like that's why people do like celebrities and stuff because it's something that they will never be which I understand that as well and there's like certain celebrities that I follow that I'm like I'm never going to like have a life like this person, but it's kind of cool to follow them. But I still try to make it so that they bring me joy and that they're, you know, spreading a positive message and I like what they stand for and things like that. Uh, But honestly, like you have so much control in who you follow 
and mm-hmm. I know it's and even with friends and stuff like that too I know it's like savage like unfollow obviously don't unfollow like your best friend but you know what I mean like if you're following <laughs> yeah. people that you went to school with that you're like I genuinely don't like this person why are you following them what a waste of breath like yeah no I'm I I'm agree unfollow all the time <laughs> I agree I don't really care. It's like, but I get that. It's so, sometimes people from high school, like, come up on my feet. I'm like, who, literally, who are, like, I don't know you. (laughs) I know. Like, I can't engage with this. But, yeah, I get it. We're just going to do, like, a few quick yeah, and then we're going to talk about accountability because we asked um, listeners to submit their thoughts, um, so we'll run those back. Sure. How did you determine that you wanted to pursue this career full-time and that it was possible? Yeah. uh, So I was actually working a full time job. Once I graduated college, I accepted a full time job and was working there and doing YouTube on the side, I guess, or not even on the side. I mean, honestly, in equivalency, they were probably about like uh, I was probably making about the same from both of those um, sources. And honestly, just one day I well, I hit a variety of like breaking points, I guess. And then I, I started noticing that the YouTube income was like multiplying by like crazy amounts. My channel was just growing really fast, honestly, from the working videos, which I know that's like kind of weird. It's like, why would you quit your job if those videos are working and like you're living this life? But I was just extremely overworked. It was just too much for me. I was coming home from these extremely long days and working more. And I just got to a point where I did like the financial analysis and I was like, all right, I'll give myself six months, you know, and if, I, if mm-hmm. it doesn't work out, I have my college degree to fall back on luckily and I'll do a career change and figure it out. Um, and luckily it's been more than six months. It's like nine now, I think. And, uh, everything's working out really well. I'm very lucky, obviously. And I think that's a whole nother conversation that we could have is like the sustainability of jobs, because especially in this economy and like what's happening with the world right now, like no job is really stable. Like I know people who, I know people who've gotten laid off that they were like, I'm set for life. Like I'm going to get this promotion and like then be married with kids and whatever. And then like everything's taken away because the world is a scary Mm -hmm. place right now. So I'm going to, um, keep continuing on this path. And if things, you know, have to change, I'll, I'll pivot, you know? Yeah. No, yeah. I um I graduated in May, which unfortunately uh. means I'm still unemployed. Yeah, I've I spend like most of my days applying, try to escape the rejection depression yeah, bubble. Yeah, I get that. I'm sorry. Yeah. But it is super difficult, especially when you know that you're extremely qualified for all of the roles that you're applying for. It's just definitely really hard so i think that you're very lucky that you're able it's cool um i mean literally what can i do I yeah you just kind of have to yeah um we just have the podcast that's starting good. the podcast so <laughs> um in like two years from now i should be all right but um <laughs> no um i think that you're really lucky that you did that at that time because chances are you'd need to have something to fall back on anyway yeah, so totally and it's i think like it's kind of I feel like I get it to an extent like when people are like oh my god like that job is so sustainable like you have a salary like you're on a contract all this stuff but it's like this just shows like no job is sustainable Mm -hmm. like like you said and also it's great that you realize like you weren't happy and you decided to do something that made you happy like people can't hate for that like if you have if and I'm not I think that was a huge thing then everyone was like you're advocating for quitting your job and I was like I'm certainly not advocating for quitting your job because I recognized that I had something on the side you know do I think that everybody should just be out there quitting their jobs and doing what makes them happy like if you if you can't pay your bills no like obviously that comes first like you have to do your own analysis in your own life of if it's realistic for you 
mm-hmm. if it's sustainable. Obviously, yeah. You put thought into that. And, like, I don't think, again, touching on that, you didn't just quit your job. You were leaving your job technically for another Yeah, job. yeah. yeah. Not, exactly. That you already had and had worked on for years. So, again, don't beat yourself up about that. Yeah. Um, what platform is your favorite to use? Um, and where do you feel that it's easiest to connect with your audience? So, like, on platform, I'm kind of talking YouTube, Instagram, podcast. Yeah, um, easiest to open up, I think, podcast because most of the time it's just me and my best friend chatting. So I feel like I really, I mean, I share most of my stuff with her anyways. So I feel like it's really, mm-hmm. I could be more vulnerable. But if it's something like quick and I'm looking to connect with my audience quickly, I love Instagram for Instagram stories. I love to consume Instagram stories too. Like that's when I'm on Instagram, I spend most of my time through stories and not like scrolling through my feed. Um, I've never, I've never been like one of those like crazy, like I love the aesthetic people. Like that's never really been my thing. I'm more for Mm -hmm. like the real like day-to-day content, which I think stories does a great job of. I know I didn't like stories at first. I feel like when it first started, I was like, nope. But now I find myself like, that's what, that is what also what I like. Not really like posed posts that people. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. I, I mean, I get inspiration from it too, but I just think it's everybody has a different preference <laughs> yeah. yeah and lastly how do you find balance within all of your roles without making your content repetitive because i mm. know obviously you talk a lot about the same the same thing sort of post-grad and what you're doing for the week but how do you like do you ever feel like your content is repetitive and how do you fix that? yeah i wouldn't say repetitive like i try to really switch up the vlogs and like at least have a different theme to them or talk about different things and i mean there's obviously some routineness elements to those you know like if i work out it's usually the same type of workout like that type of stuff but i would say there's some crossover probably between the podcast and my vlogs and just because we talk about like lifestyle things on both it's just one is with another person and one is solo um meaning my vlogs so I try my best to, like, if I have a really good story, save it for one or the other, you know? Like, I'll be like, hey, I'm going to use this here. Um, And I think that helps with the podcast is sticking to, like, a theme instead of just getting on there and, like, jabbing on the mic, like, whatever I'm talking about. Like, that's when it's easy to have overlap. But if it's like, hey, we're we're just talking about this one specific thing, like, I'll save all my content for that. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, So we asked our audience if they want to be an influencer and 11 people said yes and 22 people said no which i think is so funny probably because they all think it's hard to be an influencer yeah (laughs) maybe the 11 people are the one that said that they think it's easy to be an influencer or to be a successful influencer hey guys editing live here i just want to clarify that i said this wrong when we were recording the podcast the question is actually do you think it's easy to be a successful influencer And six people said yes and 29 said no. So just consider those answers when we continue to talk about um, how I mentioned the answers were on the podcast. Thanks. There was a time when everyone wanted to be an influencer. And I think everyone realized that it's not all it's cracked up to be. There are a lot of like caveats to like being successful like that. And like speaking of those, I want to ask. How, how do you navigate a career that can be so cut short instantly from cancel culture? Um, obviously, we're going to talk a lot about, like, accountability, mm-hmm. but do you – I'm sure that you think about it when you post certain things or you talk about certain things. Like, how does that impact you using your platform? Definitely, yeah. Well, I've learned a little too late, honestly. Like, I've ha- I've been on YouTube for how many years now? Like, 10 years, and I've kind of just – 
fell into the groove of using my voice because I think for so long I was scared of, you know, saying the wrong thing, which I know everybody says and it's such a privileged thing to say, like, oh, I don't want to say the wrong thing. But, like, I genuinely was like, I don't want to get canceled from saying the wrong thing. And I think cancel culture has everybody out here fearing for every word they say. But I've kind of come to the conclusion of, like, hey – I'm open to taking the criticism if I'm if I know my intentions are coming from a good place, but I said the wrong thing. Um, and I know that I have a platform that I have. Obviously, I don't have a million followers, but I have nearly 100,000 on Instagram, uh, boys and girls or men and women who I can reach. So I do I, I like want to use my platform for good. And I'm working on that every single day and working on like developing my voice. And I definitely think there is elements of accountability and I'm trying to differentiate in my brain the elements of like oh you're canceled and hey you said this thing that wasn't entirely correct let me explain to you why it wasn't um and applying like those principles I guess into my advocacy I guess and I I understand why that would be difficult especially when I guess the way that you're finding out that people didn't like what you're saying is them confronting mm-hmm. you either via DM or, like, YouTube comment. And I could understand how that would come across, like, very, like, abrasive and, like, aggressive towards, like, almost like an attack. Um, I think that it's a lot easier to apologize for something that you've done wrong or that has offended people if you are, like you said, intentional mm-hmm. about what yeah. you're saying. Like, if you say everything with intent, it's a lot easier to apologize for than if it's just, like, you clearly weren't thinking about it because you can specify why you made that decision and why you then understand it's wrong. Yeah. And I think like just holding yourself because I I'm sure you've like the whole term of cancel culture. Like I'm just like it's not it doesn't really exist because there's a lot of people that should have been canceled or like do a lot of problematic things that like no one cares and they just like look over them in a week and they're back mm-hmm. to gaining millions of views and stuff. You know what I mean? And, like, still have successful businesses. And I just feel like being held accountable is more of what people should be doing, especially when the influencer, content creator, YouTuber, whatever that you're, like, following has never really been someone that would, like, I don't know, whatever. Basically, like, I feel like if you consume someone's content, you kind of know what kind of person they are. Mm-hmm to a certain extent so like if you know that they're not that bad of a person and that what they're doing or saying or whatever is like coming from the worst place ever then why not just be like okay hey you shouldn't like hey Brooke you shouldn't have said that and then or like you should do this instead and then that person then you could be like okay I like I take accountability for that like I was wrong doing that and I'm going to change and like holding them accountable rather than being like you're over like you're done with because then it's like okay you're not really helping anything you're not you're not like that person's not learning it's just like the attack of it all and like the mob mentality is just gonna make them retreat and be like okay I'm just not gonna share that Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like yeah it's just I don't understand the whole like thing that I feel like specifically like online like followings there's such like also a following of people that just want to hate you. Yeah. yeah like, there are people that follow you because they hate yeah, you. Yeah, there's people who like reason. hate watch. I've just learned of this term. Yeah. Um Well, Elham does that a lot for like mom vloggers. <laughs> I don't like I don't hate watch the mom vloggers. I just I just watch like the Okay, I'm sure we don't have to talk about this, but like the whole like Ma- Micah Stoffer like I don't know adoption thing. Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay, so there was just like this mom who adopted this kid from China and like a year two years ago. And she gave him she had him for two He's years. Severely in autistic. Severe yeah, he has severe autism. She adopted him. He had she had him for two years in her vlogs, has seven hundred thousand f- subscribers. 
and more than that like all over her channels like instagram all this stuff then at the end of may her and her husband made a video being like we gave our child away we gave him up for adoption to someone else because he w- it was just getting too much for us to handle after having him in their home for three years and taking him from china so like what? that thing and, like, i follow and their following was because they made like 29 plus like videos about his adoption process and like they're like followers helped fundraise for his adoption wow yeah posted on like chinese adoption forums being like what are they wanted to adopt another child before they ended up getting pregnant and having another baby like after this child was adopted and they had posted when they were still looking for like a second child to adopt and we're like what are um learning disabilities that are that seem difficult to deal with but really are easy like they wanted a kid that they could show online that had disabilities what yeah you need to like it's actually like it's like it's crazy i've never heard of her until this happened and i was like oh my god so i just i actually like watched them yeah and i noticed when like the kid disappeared and then they just stopped posting and everyone online was like the kid no longer lives in their household and i think the most interesting part of the entire thing is that it actually gave a lot of voices to like other mom or parent vloggers who have platforms who have autistic children because they spoke a lot Mm -hmm. about it and i think that that definitely like helped them but it is just a crazy story about how people can make money off of like i think that's another day we could talk yeah (laughs) about like parent vloggers and people who make money off of their kids but like are you guys against it it's just insane I, I like some mom vloggers, but some of them I'm like this. I don't like that, like that stuff. And the like some of the videos where they're like, my my daughter is going through puberty. Like, I'm like, oh, what is strange. this is very yeah. strange. Well, like, like their kid, their kid is like has a cut and is crying hysterically and they're vlogging like while you're like, I, I think that there are certain yeah. more boundaries. Yeah. I think it's obviously hard to regulate because parents can do whatever in their household if they're not like abusing. Abusing. Yeah. But, like I do think that some of it is like a level of abuse and a lot has come out like recently on top of that other story about like parents who abuse their children so that their children can make them money Ooh. and i think that it Ugh. is like a you you could yeah. get into like a very deep hole about it i think that that's yeah that's where i am i'm like my youtube recommended at least for like the beginning of me- the end of may like when all this stuff was happening with the micah stuff or whatever all of my youtube recommended was just like mom vlog after mom vlog after mom vlog of like these people are horrible but there are a lot of people that i literally don't know exist like i'm like what you're you're make videos and they have like four million followers and i'm like who are you like i don't like it's so yeah. bizarre i think the struggle but. is like enjoying the consumption of those videos like i've watched like um i don't know if you know kk and baby Jen, i've heard of them karen yeah karen so like i like karen as a person and i've watched her kids grow up but also i'm like do these children want to be on camera or like yeah. are they gonna know anything else that's and, true because like, they don't really give, get to give of consent in- so yeah yeah and then it kind of invites like it invites people to it really does invite people to comment on your parenting style true and i like i even think that i'm not really a person that comment like i don't if i have nothing nice to say i'm not saying yeah no 100 percent. i'm not it does invite people to comment on literally everything that you do with your kids and like they specifically were so like had cps called on them a bunch they're fine parents had cps called on them a bunch of times had people like they couldn't even go in the front lawn anymore to play with their kids like when they were smaller youtubers they bought a house and like the dad was like a real estate agent so he like facilitated the purchase so they were all excited about it like showed it 
And then they got so big that people, they literally could not go on the front lawn oh anymore. Oh, my God. And had to, like, move their five-year plan and, like, move to a, um, like, a new house, which obviously is a mansion now. And everyone's then mad that they moved into a mansion. And then there's people on Reddit, like, there's people on Reddit, like, Ugh. sharing the address of this new house. Like, it's just, like, Yeah, it's so scary. But I, that's what, I, like, back to, like, just hate watching. I just don't understand. No. I you obviously don't hate those people if you're going to like go as far house. as to do the yeah, yeah do yeah. the research to like find out their address That's like so it's creepy. just That's so, so weird. Yeah. But I think also that that like infiltration of privacy or invasion of privacy also is what drives people like influencers content creators to do stupid do and say stupid things that then they get canceled for like obviously if you are so heavily scrutinized you're going to mess up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, then people are going to capitalize on that to yeah. benefit them for whatever. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's just, it's crazy. I'm like, if you're going to hate, if you start to dislike someone that you're watching on YouTube, just stop watching them. I promise you it get does not get any better. Like, you're just going to turn be like, you're going to have bad attitude when you're watching them. You're going to have bad attitude after you True. watch it. It's not fun. That's why like, I, I, I mean, I ju- we said it before with the unfollow. That's unfollow, unfollow yeah. yeah. And it doesn't need to be a whole public thing. Then people love to say like, Oh, like this happened when I like shared things about my political views. Can't relate. Unsubscribing. I'm like, can you like silently unsubscribe? Like, why does it have to be an announcement? You know what I mean? Like, okay, whatever. (laughs) Like, really, no one cares. I'm like, (laughs) literally. Like, like, okay, thank you for letting me know. Like, I see it. I see it in reflected in my numbers. Like, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Well, also, I think like no matter what you do obviously like you have a platform and you have a community and i'm sure you have people that have followed you for the whole like 10 years of being on online like there are going to be people that always support you and so i think at some point you just have to decide whether all of those other voices are even completely worth like hanging on to and letting it affect you definitely Mm definitely something i'm working on though like all that accountability stuff like i'm not by no means am i even like i'm on a path with it but like it's and it's it's tough obviously to hear people say like you said something wrong like no one likes to hear that but i'm Mm -hmm. trying to learn to be more accepting of that feedback and be like yes you are so right i did say something wrong and it's hard it's hard for anybody to admit that you know Yeah. yeah Even just, like, I think it's, like, the tone of the message. And a lot of things, like, you can't read tone via, te- like, via mm-hmm. text. Like, you can't in a comment. You don't know the tone of the message. Like, you don't know that stuff. So I feel like if people just do it with being kind and being, like, hey, I understand your intentions. Like, even I've, like, replied to people's Instagram stories before where they say something that is, like, I don't know. It's not, like, bad necessarily, but it's just, like, an ill way of looking at things. And I'll be, like, hey, just, like – just letting you know, like, maybe you shouldn't say it like this, like, blah, 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 like, it makes people feel this way, and I've, every time you say something with kindness, and, like, coming from a place of, like, I just want to, like, I like you, I like your content, but I just want you to know, it always gets received well, versus, like, you're a horrible person, and I'm unfollowing you, and you suck, like, it's, like, okay, then what did you gain from that, like, that person didn't learn anything, you should be, like, hey, just so you know, maybe phrase it this way, that's, so easy so Mm -hmm. much nicer than just being like you suck completely agree (laughs) yeah and i also think like for you like now sort of working on this whole accountability process is also like it's really hard to come across as authentic and like you gen like like i'm sure you genuinely mean every improvement that you're trying to make like when you have been told like hey like can you work on this but 
you don't want to do everything so suddenly that it doesn't seem organic. exactly and i know like performative activism is like the thing yeah, right now exactly. that everyone's yeah. like oh like now with the rise of this there's so much performative activism and it's hard to distinct you know what is it what is and what isn't and i that goes back to intent i think like i know in my heart my intentions and i know the conversations i've had with friends and family and i know like the work that i'm doing is real and not like just for an instagram story but you know that only shows so much yeah yeah it's also like you have to choose something that's sustainable like i think a lot of people like in the last few months that have been trying to like more differentiate either like their consumption of fast fashion products and like invest more in small um minority totally. businesses like people yeah. are like oh i'm gonna completely change that well that might not be sustainable for you to yeah do i agree with and that. that's gonna look that's like super performative whereas like if you make small changes throughout like your decision making process over the next few years like that matters more. completely agree with that yeah learning more from that like even i watched your vlog where you were showing the like kitchen towels that you bought and you're like oh i bought this from his etsy brand like a black owned business i'm I'm pretty sure like a small black owned business on etsy and it's like even thinking like doing that is making a change like you're helping a small business that happens to be black owned as well instead of being like everything i buy now is going you know what i mean yeah. like that it, like you're not like, like a i'm line. gonna go buy like a tea towel that is from a black like you go and yeah. you find something you like and oh it's by a black owned business like i or if there's yeah. two different things like you're gonna invest in the one that is like a smaller business. business versus like ikea or something you know it's just like being more mindful and that's just what people need to think like it's not and no even like with us like me and live like it's not like one day we're just going to be like, okay, everything, I'm going to stop shopping at Target. I'm going to like only shop small businesses. Like that's not sustainable. It's not sustainable for not anyone accessible. unless you have, unless yeah. you're like a bajillionaire. I mean, let's be real. Yeah. And, but then, yeah. then going back to that, then you hear claims of companies like Reformation that suck. So it's like, I yeah. don't, so it's like, what, yeah. where can we shop? This is, this is like all, literally, this is all we talk about is like, literally, it's like, who do I, who can I trust? Like Reformation is canceled. I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I know. Because I love that we follow is bad. And yeah, doesn't pay their workers. Mm-hmm. And... I like I love Reformation. I have I love them so much. And I would spend a hundred dollars on a top. I could be like, I'm gonna buy this from Reformation. Sustainable, like good for the environment. And then now I'm like, wait, yeah. they hate everybody, and they're so mean. Because <laughs> even before this, like outdoor voice, wasn't it? You love outdoor voices. Yeah, had, like a whole like the, the this is what like Elham and I talk about all the time is like women women owned like companies like women are the worst like i've noticed that to be successful yeah it's so sad so poorly and then it doesn't reflect well on like other entrepreneurs like women female entrepreneurs like it's just yeah so disheartening it is so sad because i like get excited about these companies and then you like everything comes out at once like the wing yep outdoor Mm -hmm. voices yeah where even though because i'm yeah i'm like i love outdoor voices and i still buy from them and like because whatever the ceo like stepped down she's not the ceo anymore or whatever but i just feel like because then people are like you shouldn't hold like female ceos are held to a higher standard than male ceos which i do agree mm-hmm. but also it's like it doesn't give you a pass to be a horrible oh, completely person. like it doesn't give you like reformation like i'm sorry like it doesn't give you a pass to be a horrible person just because oh we're female owned like we shouldn't like it doesn't matter how we treat our workers like yes it does matter because you should be more compassionate if anything like you should know 
so yeah it sucks i just don't want like women-owned businesses to only be successful if they like, they have to be mean discriminate <laughs> and it's horrible like, oppress their workers i know Ugh, it's okay but then we're we'll, all here we'll like it. and i'm trying to like purchase now for more like women-owned businesses and things like that because i just this everything has like opened my eyes to that everything i buy is from like these companies that are just led by me- like terrible white males yeah. and i'm like what am i doing yeah. with my money so i'm i, I get know. that it's yeah it's definitely and i agree it's a journey it's not gonna be overnight and i don't expect i i don't want my followers to expect that it's going to be overnight that's why i try to show like the purchases that i do that are you know um more like day-to-day purchases and how other people can implement it into their lifestyle too because i don't think anybody has the funds to you know switch everything overnight and throw out yeah. their wardrobe and yeah yeah it's not sustainable either so when we asked you guys whether you think influencers should be held more accountable, we had more answers than any of the other polls. 37 <laughs> people said yes and two said no. So I guess everyone has an opinion about accountability. Yeah. Um, and some of you reached out to us to share why you think influencers should be held more accountable. Um, Maggie said that she does influencer marketing and thinks that there should be standards, especially when it comes to how and what they use their platform on. There's ethics in business, and it should be applied in this field as well. And Francesca said that she works as an influencer, and influencers, whether they like it or not, are in the public eye and need to treat it like such in terms of what information they're pushing, what brands they're promoting, and also just the legality of their partnerships. Brooke, is this something that you focus on when you're looking at a brand to partner with? Um, Is this something that, like, you've struggled with in the past that you've changed? Or um, I know that you spoke before about sort of, like, brand equity and like creating a relationship with the brands could you speak on that? yeah definitely well i think i i mean this is something that i'm working more towards now and i've realized it in recent years when if i've worked with the brand and maybe i don't get the best feedback on it because it's like hey brooke did you realize you know this brand or just for example if it's a makeup brand oh they test on animals did you realize brooke that they test on animals and i was like honestly i guess i didn't do my research properly because i didn't research that you know it's so easy to see a shiny offer in front of you and be like wait i actually use that face wash but then you show it to your audience and then you're like oh they you know they test on animals they're like not the best company whatever it is um so it's definitely something that i'm moving forward i'm working towards because once you obviously are sponsored by a brand like you are tied to them for the near future Mm -hmm. pretty much forever like i could think back on sponsorships i had you know five years ago but there's somewhat still like who knows i could still be impacting someone's purchasing decision by showcasing that so many years ago now um yeah and people rewatch old content and things like that. So I definitely think it's something to keep top of mind. Yeah. Amina said, people with huge platforms need to be using them responsibly, especially young, impressionable people. Follow them. For example, promoting p- detox slash flat tummy True. to teenagers. And she said that she had bought the- these in the past. Yeah. I think like that's something that's really important too. Mm-hmm. I'm sure your demographic is kind of more your age, but I feel like that there are a lot of people pandering to young impressionable people Mm -hmm. that also don't do their research on a product before they buy them um and sort of see like a picture that isn't even relevant to the weight loss they've had on a detox yeah um and purchase from that and i think that that's also another thing that's going to be interesting with tiktok um influencers because they are so young like i know um charlie and dixie just signed some sort of deal with morphe Mm -hmm. and are making makeup and it's like, well, a lot of their followers might be nine, and should they be wearing full faces of makeup? Like, now yeah. it seems like makeup brands are going to 
not necessarily like, I know I was wearing makeup like my parents didn't care when I wore makeup, yeah but, like, yeah should like six-year-olds feel like they need to wear makeup because Charlie they and Dixie follow on TikTok are, yeah. does like I I feel like we're really gonna see a lot from the sort of the child marketing that's gonna Completely go on agree. from all these 16 year olds being yeah famous and there's eight-year-olds on there's there's eight-year-olds on YouTube there's eight-year-olds on TikTok that have yeah. hundreds of thousands of subscribers and um I do think it's really borderline dangerous when it comes to brands partnering with them. Completely agree. Yeah. I will say with Charlie and Dixie, though, because I'm, I'm a stan of the D'Amelios, and um, I watched James Charles' video with them, and it's like, it's the whole concept of Morphe 2, and they're only the faces of the brand. Uh, it's like mm-hmm. l- like Claire's quality makeup. Like, it's light. Like, it's supposed to be, mm-hmm. like, breathable. Uh, yeah. Like, it's like skin tints like it's like glossier like that yeah. kind of vibe so i think like play sort of stuff. yeah like it's like oh like like the lip tubes like of the lip gloss you know it's not really so i i do like that they're going for more of that angle with it and i know like when i was young i played around with my mom's makeup and she probably would have mm-hmm. more likely been happier with me wearing something that's a lighter tint than taking me to you know mac when i was like i need all this mac makeup because everyone i watch on youtube you know ha- is full yeah. beat like i think it's so I, but i agree it's definitely we're in a world where it's heavily scrutinized and you don't want to, prom- I mean, the teas and everything is like, I could go off on that because I'm very yeah. anti-diet culture, but that's for another day. Yeah. <laughs> and like, it's- we saw, th- we saw the cake on your YouTube video. The other yeah. Week. I mean, come on. <laughs> that, that like mac and cheese chicken <laughs> thing. I, I know that looked that. so good. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we eat like, that's what we do in my house. Like I, I know. And I follow so many YouTubers who like are like, well, veggies only and i'm like it's just not realistic for me like here i'm gonna uber eats my chicken parm like bye like i just can't do it so yeah and i think it's just also responsible like it's a responsibility of the influencer and also just like it goes back to like following people that are aligned with your views and like your moral ethics because like i not to like harp on or hate on the kardashians or whatever but because like i kind of have soft spot for them most times but i don't follow any of them on instagram anymore because i'm like i don't want to see your stupid lolly like flat tummy tea lollipops and your like stupid detox things like if there's something happening like i'll see i'll literally see it on twitter on the news like i don't need to like see these or i can just scroll your feed whenever i want to be like oh what's kylie doing like i don't need to look at your detox and i think that's just like where you kind of see people that are just detached from reality because it's like they're probably like i'm sure flat tummy t's banging out millions of dollars to give kids yeah. to get a spot on kim k's like main like instagram feed but also is that worth like potentially harming your audience like you know yeah, but i just think celebs are more just detached than like the regular day-to-day influencer whereas like i don't know any influencer at least that i follow that like would promote flat tummy tea especially any of these detox yeah yeah i know yeah i think that there's a lot more emphasis on like at least knowing what the brand is and trying the brand and wanting to like make more of like more than like a partnership like you want to be aligned with the brand i don't want it to be a one-time thing i want it to be like something that's changing totally Mm-hmm. And that's more that's more than just like a it is a business decision, but it's also more than that because you represent the brand and the brand represents you. And yeah, you want that. 
Yeah, like, if you think about when all the James Charles Tati drama was like that, obviously poorly reflects on Morphe. Like, you don't want, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So you don't want to, as a business, you don't want your business to be poorly, like, affected one way or another. Like, as an influencer, you don't want the company that you're aligned with to do something horrible. And also, as the company, you don't want the influencer that you're aligned with to do something bad. You know what I mean? Or be in this whole, like, cancel culture wave of things. Yeah, um, our listener Carly said, with such a high reach potential, you should make sure that every piece of promotional content you put out there is reflective of your values and heavily researched before you post it for your audience, which I agree with. Um, and lastly, Sarah said, Fire <laughs> Festival is an example mm-hmm. of blind advertisement. And I think that like people still haven't learned from Fire no. Festival. And I'm just confused as to why. Like, I I feel like that is the biggest example of I like still cannot believe that that because I'm like I did not even know that was a thing or anyone was selling that at all until it happened and people went to the island and were like there's nothing here. I remember like the Kendall Jenner post about it because I don't like literally at all. But I I never thought about it again until (laughs) yeah I saw the picture of the like sandwich sandwich. yeah so funny (laughs) that is like etched into my brain the picture never forget Twitter yeah like, i just want to know how they even had wi-fi there to like share i like food. don't even know yeah. i remember the but tweets. it is true yeah they were like help us we have no food <laughs> like it's like maybe you should have gotten some confirmation you can't just believe what people say like i'm like what you didn't ask for any evidence you were just like okay i'm gonna go and then the two documentaries did you guys watch them both i watched the hulu yeah, and the yeah. netflix because of course they came out like the same week or whatever yeah the netflix one was better and the hulu one the hulu one was okay but i just didn't want to see his face i didn't want to hear him talk like i don't think yeah it's like don't like sympathize like i can't i'm not gonna sympathize with you is he still in prison you i think so i don't yeah maybe oh god uh what a time fire festival everyone should be held more accountable this doesn't just go for influencers yeah of course and i think that we're all especially elham and i are working towards that and we appreciate any feedback that you guys have about what we can do to do better um but yeah thank you for being on today Brooke. of course really yeah nice. no we really appreciate thanks for having it. me i feel like we had a, a great convo yeah it's been really great thank you if you're enjoying the this episode make sure to follow us on instagram and twitter instagram at can we be real with you and on twitter at can we be real pod and make sure you let us know um future episodes what you want us to talk about if what you liked from this episode and more We also would love it if you would rate and review us on Apple. We have a few ratings on there, but it would be really good if we got some more, a few comments, even if you're a Spotify listener, like just, you know, hop on over to Apple Podcasts and give us a little review. Write a little line. Write a little line, please. Anything. Just don't, just don't, if you hate us, don't say anything. Yeah, please. Um, Appreciate you guys listening. Thank you for all of your support. 